reached for it. I told him to get his hand out. He had, you told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Oh my God, please don't tell me he's dead. 911, Operator Harris, where is your emergency? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Somebody kicked in the door inside my girlfriend. Oh my God. Okay, how old is your girlfriend? She's 26. Bring it. She's on the grill right now. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? I can't breathe. Please, the knee my dick. I can't breathe shit. Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time. Ah. Get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get Mama. in the car right. I can't. All you hear is all of them talking about the fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. We've been hung. We've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's, it's amazing why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. To say that 2020 was a challenging year is an understatement. The pandemic alone would have been enough to deal with. But COVID actually did something more. It ripped off the band-aid on our country's behavior towards marginalized and vulnerable populations and exposed racial and economic issues in all aspects of American life. Sheltering at home with nothing much else to do but watch TV or scroll through social media, we had a front row seat to one of our country's greatest sins, racism. I knew that discussions on race, social justice, policing, and more were happening in every town across this country, and Alton was certainly no exception. Alton is definitely not immune to racism. Yes, it's the home of abolitionist Elijah Lovejoy, who spent many years of his life writing about how slavery was evil, but it was also here in Alton that he was murdered for expressing those beliefs. Alton's a town that up until 2006, and maybe even more recently, had at least one social club that still wasn't allowing African Americans to join. But also in Alton, like many other communities, there are people of all colors who are working hard to cross these racial lines and work together to create a more equal society. So while I knew I wanted to dive into the topic of race, I also knew I needed help in addressing these issues, which honestly, I've never had to deal with. So I reached out to a friend of mine, Faye Walker-Taylor, who you might remember from episode five about the Mexico neighborhood here in Alton. I asked Faye if she'd be interested in co-writing and producing this episode with me. I asked if she'd be willing to help me find people to interview and to help me come up with questions and topics to discuss in these interviews. So what you'll hear in this introduction episode is Faye and her thoughts on racism and how it has affected her. Then join us in the second part of episode eight as we listen to 12 other individuals talk about race, its impact on them, and where we go from here. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Faye. Welcome to All Town USA.
racism, 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 racism. Racism to me is just like an open field. When I walk out of my house, it's just everywhere. No matter what part of life that's going on, the employment, educational, public health, policy, institution, jobs, stores, housing, it's just everywhere. And racism to me is something that I believe that has been embedded, rooted, and grounded in someone. The Bible say, train up a child in the way as he should go, for when he is old, he will not depart. I take the training part. A child will pick up what they see, hear, and what we're teaching them. When we were growing up, we was always taught that you're not better than anyone and no one is better than you. You take a person as an individual and you treat somebody how you want to be treated. So with those same principles, that's what I have taught my children as well. And I believe the first time that I ever experienced racism is when I was in middle school. Because when I went to elementary, some of the, uh, my Caucasian friends I called or whatever, we were just kids, we played together. But once we got to the middle school, there was a change in some of them. They wouldn't speak, wouldn't look our way or nothing, hold their head down. And you know, it do make you wonder, mm, well, I wonder what's wrong with them. But not really understanding or really realizing what racism was then. So as the older I have gotten, the older you get, the more you begin to realize it's everywhere, racism. As I say, when I walk out my door, if I walk down the street and I go on another street, predominantly white, They'll look at me like, hmm, what is she doing here? Because that has happened. Also, uh, I remember when my mom was looking for another house with, to take care of her mother in, and she said when the certain area that they went in, she asked the realtor, well, this house is for sale on a certain street in Alton. She said the realtor never did take her down to that house. And she said it's because they did not want nobody black living in that area on that street. Or when I go and get on the elevator, someone might be standing there. And then if I come up, they, they won't walk on. They'll wait till another one come. But you know what? I say, okay, that's their problem. If I go into stores, they might not follow nobody, but they'll just start following me. And I say it's because of the color of my skin. Sitting in the classrooms, I believe it's the same thing because our counselors in my day come along, there were some classes I used to wonder why, hmm, why are more white kids are in this biology and I never seen no blacks, maybe one. And I never was offered biology until I got to Alton High. Once I looked back, but I did think about that in the middle school, I said, hmm. And I have sat in even classrooms as a sub and I have seen the difference how white students would be treated and the blacks would. And one time I spoke up for this one young black boy in the class and the teacher just looked at me, but I spoke up before I even realized it because he was doing the same thing as the Caucasian boy was doing, but she said something to him and not the Caucasian boy. Well, of course, I was never asked to go back to sit in that class again. 
But racism is something else. And does it hurt? It hurts sometimes and it makes you mad. But I have learned I have to take a stand against it when it affects me. And we have to take a stand when it affects someone else. Because once it affects one person, it affects us all. Racism. So with my children, my husband and I, we, and grandchildren, we had to teach them, you know, about life and tell them. And we can only tell them so much, but yet they're still going to experience racism because this is just how society is. And you try to teach them and train them and tell them as much as you can, but yet still some things they're just going to experience because that's just what we call life. But I remember we was teaching them the same thing as ours. No one is better than you. No one is superior than you. And you treat somebody how you want to be treated and treat them as an individual. And my husband used to tell the, uh, my son and even the grandsons how you have to carry yourself and how you have to take a stand for what you believe in and take a stand for what's right and what you know. And he would always tell them, first of all, you have two strikes against you from day one, because one, you're black, and two, you're a black man. He said, so therefore, it's going to be harder. And I believe my son and daughter, they experienced racism in the middle school as well. And when they came home and told me about the experience, and you as a mother, you want to protect your children, and it does hurt because you want to take the pain. You don't want them going through things, but what I say this is, it's life. Racism. We especially, you have to teach your son and your daughters and your grandkids, all blacks, about how to handle yourself with the police stop you. And you just have to pray and hope they never stop you because you just never know which one you're going to encounter with. And you have to tell them, keep your hands up. Make sure your hands are visible. Don't make no gestures. Don't run. Don't do this and don't do that. You have to really lay it down to them. But we told them what those don't do's were. And I'm sure everybody else had. But yet, the way we have seen things that's on the tapes and the videos now, it had been happening for years. It's just that now we have these phones and everything to see what really did happen, even though some things never change. Racism. I can remember when my mom and I was out at a famous bar and my sister Wanda worked out there. And we was out there for the early bird special. We were downstairs in the area we were in. We were the only blacks in that area. And my sister came over and she said, the security guard is following y'all. That's her right there was a lady. And she said, because this other worker called them on you talking about suspicious looking people. Now we suspicious and we just walking around trying to see what we wanted to buy, just like everybody else was in there. But because we were black, a form of racism. And I tell you, my sister, it's a wonder she didn't get fired because she laid into that girl. And the girl said, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was your mom and sister. She said, it didn't make no difference. You shouldn't have never called security on them no way because they weren't doing anything. It's just a form of racism. And I believe sometimes that some people don't even know that they're doing this, but it's just, I guess, a part of them or something 
that they're unconscious about. Some people, not all. But I would like to say racism is a terrible thing. And uh, it's something that has people bound. Because if you hating someone, you think you're better than someone, it's something on the inside of you that's going on that makes you feel that you're superior. I mean, so I, I just don't understand why they feel that they're better or or why. You know, I just don't get it. But anyway, but I believe once a person realizes that something is going on, um, it's up to them to make the change. As they say, we can talk about racism and we can say, and people say, what can I do to help? It's about what's inside of you and whatever's in us, it comes on the outside. So we're putting out whatever on the outside, whatever's inside of us. Racism. And I can say with the COVID-19 and the pandemic, as we know, that's playing a race card also. One thing it did, I hate to say it, it caused a lot of lives, but people were really at home to stay to see what was going on with the police brutality. That brought a change in some people because they were really there to see. And not only did they see, some of them took the initiative to step out with the pandemic going on, put on their mask, and yet protest with the Black Lives Matter and just protest around the world. So, some of the chain is being loose, the pain is beginning to be chipped, but we just want to be free of racism. And this her little poem the Lord gave me, I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. Not only did I cry for me, I cried for you too. I cried because of the hurt, the pain, and the struggles that's down in me. But you know what? You got some hurt, pain, and struggles down in you too because you're not free. So I cried and I cried and still crying too. Lord, hear our prayer, hear my cry and come and deliver us and let us be free. I cried, not for me, but I cried for you too. And I always say, and I would like to end with this, let us love one another. Just keep the love flowing in your heart. Sometimes it's hard, and sometimes we do get mad. I do get mad and angry, but I don't take it out on everybody. So we just have to keep the love flowing within us. We have to give account for us. And like John Lewis say, let's stand and fight for good trouble. And this is good trouble. So let us remember the legacy of John Lewis. Fight good trouble and stand for good trouble. Racism. Racism. Racism is everywhere.
This episode of All Town USA was written and produced by Faye Walker Taylor and Stephanie Young. Edited by Stephanie Young. Theme music by Will and Janet Buchanan. Additional music by Darren Pierce.